Welcome to the Travel Stories Podcast, where we bring you immersive, inspiring and international travel stories of freedom and adventure from travellers around the world. Here is your host, Hayden Lee. Well, hello. Welcome back to the Travel Stories Podcast. And if you're a new listener, welcome to the Travel Stories Podcast. How's it going? Now, I want to take a quick moment here to say, I don't know what I want to say. Our composer, basically, right? So, the last episode, Richard Fu. Have a listen to the score and his story, the musical score. Man, that is such a good piece of music. And our composer, Cody Crabb, Man, that guy's a badass. He knows what he's doing. So, shout out, I guess, to Cody Crab. That guy is the king of my life. So, today, we have another installment of Hayden's Travel Journal, where I read through my journal, where I go from Australia, doing gold mining, where I go on to uh, Bali, Indonesia, and then from there, I go to Vietnam. I travel country on a motorbike, and then head to India, and then crazy things happen, which cuts my travels short. So last time, where were we last time? I was in Bali, that was right. And we were, oh, that was it. It was the one with the beach and the the Czech girl. And oh, man, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to that one, because that was one of the greatest days of my life. So check that one out. I'm really, really enjoying doing this as well, you know, reading from my journal, going back to these times. And in my mind, it just transports me there. And it's I can hear all the music I was listening to. I can see all the sound, smell all the smells. Man, this is amazing. I hope you guys are loving it as much as I am. I've got a few emails and whatnot from people saying how much they like the like listening to the journal. And man, that means a lot because I really, really enjoy it. So I'm glad you get something out of it. So today we're in Bali again. In fact, it's my last day in Bali and I go on to Vietnam. So let's get into it. Today was my last day in Bali. I've spent the last few days doing standard Indonesian things. I went to the big market in Denpasar and bought an obscene amount of necklaces. I really did, man. I bought like five necklaces, wore them all. I looked absolutely ridiculous. I saw a family fishing in the river and just scooted around everywhere. Now, scooting, that's a word, by the way. Scooting in Bali is just amazing, or anywhere in Asia, really. Like, especially when scooters are the main mode of transport, you can just go anywhere you like, and it's that freedom that you get when, you know, when you when you buy a car for the first time or you pass your driver's license, your driver's test, you know, and you just realize, man, I can go anywhere. It's exactly like that. And that's why scooting, especially in like rural places like that, is so amazing, man. So I would recommend if you go somewhere, scoot everywhere. It's awesome. Where was I? I drove up to Ubud, which is a place where a lot of people go in Bali. It's right in the middle, and it's such a cool place. So I drove up to Ubud to see Francesco, remember from the first day in Bali, and take pictures for his massage company that he was making. I can attest that he is a ridiculously good masseur, not masseuse, masseur, yeah, masseur. Yeah, he is awesome. Anyway, um, Ubud was very full of faux, mystic, weed-loving travelers. <laughs> but they're all happy, and I like that. I like those guys, man. For my last day, I had a picture taken with the woman who fed me pretty much every day. Muslim motherly instincts are my new favorite thing. I will very much miss Indonesia, the happy people, the complete lawless sense of traffic, and the absolute truth in the lifestyle. Now, what I mean by this is 
there's not especially even in the rural areas there's not a lot of um there's not a lot of advertisements you know big billboards and there's not a lot of fake things plastic things you know everything's just kind of real they they grow the food that they eat and they all eat together sitting in a big circle and they share stories of their day and they're genuinely interested and it just seems so truthful that's that's the one word that comes to mind <clears throat> anyway I talked to Abu about getting lost driving, you know, how I love getting lost driving and he, you know, he's, he lives there, so he's not too keen on that, but he doesn't really get lost. And he said, we're on an island. Anywhere you are, just keep going and you'll be at the beach. And I don't think he realized how philosophical that is. Just keep going and you'll be at the beach. Man, I got to get that tattooed. On the plus side, there are about nine other people on this plane, so I have an entire road to myself. Next stop, Vietnam. Let's turn the page. In Vietnam. Today is my second day in Vietnam. Yesterday I arrived at 9am and after dealing with the military-style visa people, took my first steps in a communist country. Between continually saying, come on, I still can't say it, meaning thank you to the people offering you everything every three steps, I started learning one to a billion again and everything else I need. But it took a little longer as there are 72 vowels. 72, man. Apparently the trick is to talk in a racist imitation. And it sounds bad, but it really, really works. Especially, like, if you're learning another language, if you, say you're learning French, for example, and you start talking French, but you still sound English, American, or wherever you're from, it's not, it's not that cool. But if you do it in kind of a French kind of stereotype in a way, but not in a racist way, just in a learning the language way, man, it helps a lot. I recommend trying that. Anyway, where was, where was I? I was walking around with the phrase, do you have vegetarian food on a little piece of paper, thanks to the girl at reception of this hotel that I was passing by, who I do have to return to to let her know if she is in fact the cutest girl in Ho Chi Minh. We had a bet, you see, because Vietnamese girls are impossible not to flirt with. I'm so sorry, but it's true. Anyway, I looked up for my paper and immediately saw Saigon Vegan, this restaurant. I noticed I was wearing my knockoff Macbeth vegan shirt and I headed in. Vietnamese rice dish and fresh juice later, I got to talking with Zhao, the manager. At 24, she's traveled so much, and as she put it, now have no friend and I'm sad. And I really understand that when you come back from traveling a lot, as we all know, you come back and you're so different to what you used to be. We talk about it a lot, and you've changed so much that your friends, even though they're still your friends and they always will be, it's kind of like a different level. You're on a different level. Not You're not up or down or anything like that. You're just on a different wavelength in a way. Some people get it, some people don't. But I completely saw where she was coming from anyway. We exchanged numbers and she's going to show me the real Saigon later in the week. So today I was walking through the districts just taking everything in. There are so many flags here, Vietnamese flags. And I'm increasingly finding that I associate more with the values here than with the Western world. Here, respect and status increase with wisdom and knowledge, not pieces of colored paper with old people on them. And this is, this is a thing I really noticed. In the Western world, it's money and age. Respect your elders and with money obviously, because, obviously gets respect from people for some reason. And uh, over there, it comes from wisdom and knowledge and everything like this. It's not necessarily age. I mean, you do, you do still respect the, your elders, but it's different. If you're, if you're wise and you, you know a lot about a certain subject or anything like that, there's, there's a respect there that I don't think is shown that much in the Western world. I found it really, really interesting. So where was I? <laughs> 
Today, after hanging out with my new friend Van, who wants to perfect her English and is like the Stig's wife on a bike, I was walking around when a guy on a bike stopped me, like they all do. Where are you from? He said. England, I said. Lovely jubbly, he said. Damn, he was good. He had me already. So he reaches his hand out, the two missing fingers prompting several unasked questions, and he hands me a book. If you're reading this, you've just been stopped by Captain Kim. Go with this man. That's what I read in the book. The book, along with another book he had, was full of testimonials from travelers mentioning how their skepticism just faded away whilst they had the time of their lives. This was all I knew about this man. You know what? That was enough. What sort of traveler would I be if I didn't take up an octa-fingered grandfather on his offer to take me to some of the most remote places in the world, through forests, down rivers, and into unmanned territory? A sensible person? Probably, but if I was sensible, I'd work for the HSBC and live in a flat in Rotherham. And that is where we'll leave it for this week. I'm so sorry. I know it's a cliffhanger. I'm like Game of Thrones over here. So next week, we'll talk about what happened with the octofingered grandfather, as I put it. I write weirdly for some reason. And where he took me, what we did, everything like that, man. It was it was wild. So tune in next week for that one. That is on Thursday. And on Monday, we have another immersive, inspiring, and international travel story for you guys. It is none other than one of my greatest friends in all the world, and actually the old singer from my old band. His name is Sean, and he has the most ridiculous title for a story ever. If nothing else, you're going to love the title. And you know what? It was a great story. I've never heard him tell a story before, but man, he nailed it. You guys are going to absolutely love this one. So thank you very much for listening to this episode. I really hope you dig in the journal. I very much am. And don't forget to email me, Hayden at TravelStoriesPodcast.com. That's H-A-Y-D-E-N. Sort it out on Twitter at TravelStoriesUK. Oh yeah, I answer everything. I should have said that. You guys know this by now, eh? And if you're digging this, then leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It would be very much appreciated. It helps us to grow and just bring some more ears on the podcast, which is just awesome to have some more people involved in this. So thank you again, and I will talk to you guys on Monday. Have a good one. Take it easy. Thanks for listening to the Travel Stories Podcast. Get in touch with Hayden on Twitter at Travel Stories UK or online at travelstoriespodcast.com where you can find all of the show notes and resources. Subscribe to the show to join us next time for another immersive, inspiring and international travel story on the Travel Stories Podcast.